This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I am joined by Dom Loss on this fine, funky Friday when we're recording. Uh, Jordan Phillips resigns. Devin Levi's played two games, three games as an NHL Ooh. goaltender now, and uh, got some past your past their prime Hall of Fame for you. I'll be taking that. But let's 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 start off here with the very minimal Bills talk. I want to say at least we've had in a very long time on the docket, just because of you know, the off-season blunder, which we were not ready to be reminded about, but here we are. And uh, in signing news, as I said, Jordan Phillips has resigned. Dom, just general thoughts on this resigning. I, I'm I'm for it. I like it. But what, what are your thoughts? Um, I like it. I don't love it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit. I mean, I think... You want some more of it? Has, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has moments, but those moments are very far... You know, in, in between, you know, he had a really great game against the Rams. And after that, you know, he was just battling through injuries throughout the year. So I think the hope is maybe if he could stay healthy, which really he hasn't been able to do throughout his career, that he can, you know, put together a whole now 17 game uh, season plus playoffs and be a, you know, wrecker in the middle of the defense. But I mean, he got injured with the hamstring on the Matt Milano interception, got injured late chasing Mac Jones at the end of a three-score game that ended up blowing out his rotator cuff, which basically made him a one-arm DT, and we all saw what happened that, you know, when he started yeah. to play. He was very ineffective. So I, I just think Jordan Phillips has always been one of those guys that talks, like, you know, hypes up the crowd, talks big game, fan favorite, but at the end of the day, his on-field production really doesn't match what I think he thinks he – what he values himself to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. I'm I I do like it. I think he brings a good energy to the defense, minus the torn rotator cuff. I mean, that kind of that would put a damper on anybody. I feel like, but uh, you're right in the fact of it's not necessarily a love, but I mean, I think just keeping somewhat similar to what we have had is going to be good, and especially we got to see how everything happens with McDermott calling the plays, how different it's going to be and whatnot, you know, and at uh, at Oliver question mark after that instagram post a couple weeks ago no one knows what's going on with that and uh von miller hopefully returning with greg russo is going to make a difference too so i think i think that'll add to it would i like to see him healthy for a lot more games absolutely hopefully the injury bug doesn't bite as hard right away and uh take guys out for the rest of the season but now speaking of the defense here does mr shaq lawson does he make a return? That's that's the burning question 
a lot of Bills fans are asking that you clearly I ask because it's on the docket for today. But what do you think? If he wants to make one point seven seven million dollars or whatever, Brandon Bean's kind of been offering people. Sure, I mean it's a little. I mean, it just seems like they're kind of content with running it back with the D line room, which yeah. is a little. I don't know if upsetting is the right word, but seeing how f- they just face planted a little bit at the end of the year, it's a little concerning. I think a lot of it they believe is injuries. You know, you saw the DT room with Phillips returning; like he was banged up, Ad Oliver is banged up, Daquan Jones ended up being banged up, Tim Siddle even missed some time. So I feel like they're running it back there because they believe they can. If they those guys stay healthy, that's a good room. And then the edge, I, I just think they need another body uh, until Vaughn comes back. And if they believe that Boogie and AJ can kind of hold down the floor. There goes my mic. Uh, if Boogie <laughs> and AJ can uh, hold down the fort. You can take uh, a second if you want. We'll just we'll, no, we'll pick right. up from you talking. No, you sorry, I got it. I'm okay. I'm holding it. You know, okay. if they think that, you know, Boogie and AJ can hold down the fort next to Rousseau and Rousseau can kind of have a breakout first couple months to be that number one true pass rusher until Vaughn returns. And also they could slow Vaughn's recovery when he comes back in not to rush him. I think Shaq would, would fit the bull of a guy, veteran, lo- beloved in the locker room, and can and can play a little bit and would be cheap. Same same kind yeah. of deal with Phillips, though. Probably thinks values himself a little bit higher than he's actually worth, though. Yeah, I think the um, the self worth is definitely above what what's actually you know like the financially correct. So I think I'm I'm kind of with you on that. And if he wants to come back for what Bean's been offering, sure. But uh, if not, if he's like valuing himself way too high, I think you got to let him walk. I would like to see the defensive line come back in kind of the same stature and whatnot, because it will be interesting with McDermott kind of taking over. I still think, you know, as I said, and uh, you know, if it is a more aggressive style defense, that'll be interesting to see who gets through, who gets the pressure on and whatnot. But there's a lot of question marks, as I said, at Oliver too, we don't know. And it's just the money is the problem. Is they say more money, no problem. More, more money, more problems, and we've got less money, so we have more problems. So we don't really abide by that that standard very well. But the cap is really, really having us kind of struggle on who to bring back and whatnot. Or is there anyone? Let's let me just get your thoughts on Ed Oliver real fast. Like, what what are you thinking? I think he's kind of in that boat of valuing himself really high, and then he's not going to get that kind of money from the Bills, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's had moments, uh, you know, that yeah. stretch when he played really well. I think he had like 10 pressures against the Vikings, had a nice game against the Browns, had the safety against the Lions. Yeah, he has he has moments of real great play. But again, he's very inconsistent. He's a little small. He you know, was banged up a lot last year. And he's also one of those guys. And I love Tremaine. Tremaine also is one of those guys that would always kind of need like you saw it last year when they finally had like big bodies in front of him. He he took off to keep yeah. himself clean in the run game, and that that's really was the big thing for him. It, it's kind of the same thing with Ed. It feels like he kind of needs someone beside him that can kind of fit a role of you know taking on some blockers so he could kind of do what he wants to do. Um, right. but at that point, is he really making people better? I, I, I hesitate to say yes to that. I, I think that's a little bit of the problem with Ed. It seems like he needs a certain piece around him rather than be the, the piece, if that makes sense. 
No, it does. He's definitely, he's not, you know, Marcel Darius, if you will. Like, you know, he was a problem for the team. I'm not sitting here saying he was a godsend for the Bills, but that guy was big, would power through, you know, and he was the the guy. And then you're absolutely right in the fact that Oliver kind of needs guys around him to be the guy with him. You know what I mean? So it, it definitely makes sense. But looking now towards the NFL draft coming up very, very soon, maybe we'll do another draft special like last year with the first pick. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see on that one. But uh, the Bills have – there's been a lot of chatter over the past couple of days whether or not the Bills stay at pick 27. Thank you, Miami, for giving us that one extra pick. And um, Or do they move up? Do they move up? Do they trade away something to move up? And what what are I, I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily. It would be kind of dependent on what if they get Bijan Robinson right away, I'm still gonna be very mad. Like I just don't I don't see that as an option at all. But like if they moved up, if they were to move up, who would you want them to grab out of those top ten picks necessarily? Say they moved up to pick seven, like where they got Josh Young. Who would you There's want them to no grab? Way they would move that far up. No, where do you think they move no up way. to? I don't you know, think like fifteen, like twenty. I think, from my mind, is that since they believe they're going to get the third round comp pick from Tremaine, I really think it it allows them to be more viable to trade up by moving a third round pick, knowing that you're going to probably get one back. Um, so I think that's why they're intrigued. I always thought they would trade down, um, because I think. You know, they. I, I would assume they. Would, I thought they would might want more picks, uh, just for the sake of it. But I think the roster is so good now with all the depth signings they've had, especially if they had Shaq back, back you know, back to the mix too. Right. Um, it's it's interesting. I would say they would probably trade up to pick like twenty, so like seven spots, and then at that point, yeah. Uh, you know, they said they they speculated ESPN that they would trade up for an offensive tackle or a skill position. So. You know, is Jack Smith Jiggers still on the board? I would say probably not. Maybe Jordan Addison. I'm not a huge fan of him. I just feel like you could get it like a day two receiver that's like can probably do the same kind of things and a little bit bigger. Um, and don't have to worry about like injury concerns. And then maybe they trade up for an offensive tackle. I think that could be a possibility. I think the, the Bills have spent a lot of time studying offensive tackle senior bowl they were notably very in tune with that a lot of their you know scouts have been at the pro days of the big names offensive tackles i think i do believe that they believe right tackle. i mean justin josh got injured from the right side and i, I think i think they value right the need at right tackle a lot more than people would think and a lot more than i think linebacker to be honest i don't I think this news now. This might not be true. They might trade down and take Jack Campbell. They take Jack Campbell at twenty-seven. Right. But I think this, if this news is to be true, it's it, it just seems to me that they trust in-house on linebacker, or they're going to draft someone later in the draft. And they don't view it as big a need as I think many people might have it listed as number one. Yeah. No, I, I would one hundred percent agree with you. A lot of people are pushing for the the baby Gronk or whatever from from whatever his name is, little Gronk. I don't know exactly, but Gronk, from uh, Notre Dame, Mike Mayer. Yeah, um, I I would if they learned how to utilize receiving tight ends, Ken Dorsey. I would I would love that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, we're paying one top tight end money. We're not even using them that way. So I think that's the big thing right now. Lost my headphone. There we go. And then uh, 
I mean, I would like to see him kind of move up, I guess, but you're right. I mean, Jigba's the dream, but if he'll be there or not is the is the question. But I wouldn't mind an offensive tackle or right tackle either. I, I a linebacker, whatever. I, I think it's just BPA at this point, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, like that's still a need pick necessarily, but it's not like last year where okay, we need a cornerback. You know what I mean? Like it's not like one position where it's like a need. Best player available at a position you need. So I think that'll kind of be the way they go. Yeah, I, mean, up, I, I don't know. I think they want to avoid showing their hand uh, too yeah. early. I think they did a little bit last year, and that's why the Chiefs jumped them uh, to pick McDuffie. I'm not going to say McDuffie was in the pick at the Bills that are on the board, but um, it's definitely mm-hmm. a reason why the, you saw the Chiefs trade up ahead of the Bills. And that's the reason why you saw the Bills trade up again, I mean, trade up to secure Elam. Right. So. I mean, I, lo- I love the draft moves, the sneaky draft moves like that. Like, give me more of them, please, the little deceitful ones. But – It'll be interesting. Probably we'll have a draft special coming out where we do we sit through the first pick. I don't think we're going to put ourselves through the entire first round or you listeners out there listening to us mumble on in between every pick. No, so we'll just like, do what we did last like, year. We'll, we'll react yeah. to the pick and then we'll make instant analysis and then we'll and then, wait till after the draft and we'll like talk for 10 minutes and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you on that. I mean, we need, we need a quicker pitch clock for the draft. Come on. Not, not like two minutes. Like, Let's let's bring it down like to like minutes. five minutes. Let's bring it down to two minutes then, or like even even a minute and a half. You get ninety seconds to make your pick. You should be you should have that researched already. It's like a fantasy draft. Come on, you should have that fixed. But now, just looking broad NFL before we get to Dom's fun surprise, which I have no idea what that is. But predictions for Lamar Jackson. Okay, the Twitter world, the Twitter warriors are out on Lamar Jackson. Teams. Teams that are bad are out on Lamar Jackson. The commanders don't need Lamar Jackson, I guess. They have Major Tutty as their mascot. That, that's that's the godsend for that team. But where do you think, if he goes anywhere, he'll end up? Because now, here's my take, all right? Rodgers is now being rumored over in, in the 49ers, San Francisco, right? But I don't think the Packers would let him go in division. But say that happens, I think the Jets move for Lamar Jackson at that point. I think the whole Rodgers thing to the Jets is asinine. I'm going to be 100% honest with you because you get one to two good years out of him when you should be getting a quarterback like Lamar Jackson and building a team around him, which the Ravens struggled to do wide receiver rise. And he had Mark Andrews. That's really it. So I I think they're not going to get Lamar. They're not going to get Lamar. They signed Lazard. That you have to change your entire offense around Lamar, and I don't think the Jets are going to do that. But I would right. say, um, yeah, especially because they signed, they, they they got Hackett as their offensive coordinator, so I don't think he's going to be a guy. That's yeah, that's Rogers. That. But I would say if it's pre-draft Colts, because I think if they did the Col- the fourth overall pick for Lamar straight up, I think the Ravens would take it. Um, if it's after the draft, I would say Lions, because I think the Lions might be waiting till after the draft, because I think they have a top ten pick, and then they have another solid pick of their own, and they might be yeah. thinking, let's draft really high these next two years, this, this year, and then we'll trade 20, 20 excuse me, twenty four and twenty five first round picks for Lamar. We still get Lamar, but we keep our our good picks this year and improve the roster. And now in twenty four and twenty five. We may be at you know NFC contenders, and it's going to be pick twenty seven that we trade two, you know, two pick twenty sevens in the first round next two years after this one. So, I think if it's pre draft, it's it's Colts. 
because they had the they had the fourth overall pick, and I think they would do it. Uh, but if it's yeah. the after the draft, I would say the Lions should be the favorite. Yeah, no, I I actually agree with the Colts. I want to say I, I I I think that might be the best move there. Mr. Head High School Head Coach Saturday is gone. You know, it's kind of you can fix yourself, get things going there, get Matt Ryan out of there. He's gone, isn't he, or is he still on the the team? I think they cut him. I'm pretty sure. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Can't be hundred percent. Now I have one question. I have one question for you. So we were we were talking about the draft and whatnot, right? The first overall pick was traded to the Carolina Panthers from the Chicago Bears. Yes. Who are they? Like Frank Reich stepping in as the the new head coach there. You're gonna re- try and get that team actually played well last year in some games, most games with their backups. Now. Quarterback is the question question mark there, right? Because you lost Sam Dartle now. He's he's gone. And Baker Mayfield also gone. And you have who's their quarter who's the one who threw the Hail Mary? They still have him, right? I don't think PJ Walker's on the team anymore. No, okay. So they're they're starting from scratch. Do they take Richardson with the first pick, you think? In the, the freak athlete no, kind of Stroud. mentality. You think they take CJ Strout, really? Mm-hmm. Where do you think Richardson goes in the draft? Um, I think he's going to be like the pick number wise. I think he's going to be the fourth quarterback off the board. I think okay. he's gonna be like seven. I'm only asking because some 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 reminiscence there of uh, our one and only bionic man Josh Allen. So I just wanted to get your take on where he'd fall to. But what's this? What's this fun surprise? If, if you right. have anything else, so I'm a little bit you know Jeff oriented whatever from last week so the fun surprise is this because there wasn't a lot to talk about this week for the bills so i was like i'll, I'll put a fun exercise in mm-hmm. so you and i joe are gonna have to pick a team together the best team possible we had to pick a quarterback a running back quarterback running back wide receiver tight end offensive line defensive line db we had to go but we, the caveat is we had to pick one player from every decade so 60s 70s 80s 90s all NFL, just like broad no, NFL. Bills, 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 oh, all bills. bills. Okay, all right. I was gonna say that's, that's kind that's, of that's too easy. That that's yeah. Okay, all right. All right all bills. Okay. Let's start from the sixties. I think for, the sixties pick is. I think the sixties. Oh is no! Pick. Okay, I thought you were going quarterback all the way down. I was no, like, no, no, 60s no, no. That, that, that's really confusing. <laughs> I'd say we just go from sixties to 2020s. Okay, I think the sixties pick is easy. I think we take Billy Shaw, the offensive line Hall of Famer. I think yeah. him or Joe Delamanor, but I think Kent Hall is very good, but he's in the 90s, and there's better players in the 90s. There's just better players in where the other good offensive linemen are. But the 60s, like, I can't – like, Cookie Gilchrist, I think, was a fullback. Like, we could have picked Joe yeah. D, but 70s. I, I think this Well, I have a soft spot for Joe Delamanor. I'm okay with Shaw. I am. I, I like right. that. 70s. I think this one's easy, too, but I want to see what you say. 70s. What position are you thinking? I think it's obvious what position I'm taking. The juice. Yeah, OJ Simpson. I just think you had to take OJ in the 70s because there's not a lot of great options still, unless you want to take Joe D, but we already took Billy Shaw. And the other one, other options, what was Thurman? But again, Thurman's in the 90s, and I think you could pick a better player that, that, you know. Right. Like Don Beebe, like I did, you know. Yes. So then we get to the 1980s. And this is where, like, okay. I think we may have to skip. 
Yeah, I I, I, I don't. Think he may have to skip the '80s and '90s because there's so many options that, that we could go to. Well, I think we have. To, I think we have to. If we want to pick the best team possible, we may have to wait. But I just need to see one thing. Skip the '90s. Skip the Super Bowl team too. Mm, that's just hard because I okay. This is my thought. This is my thought process. One of the picks is Bruce Smith. Yes. Has to be. All right. So we have Bruce Smith. Now we can either pick 80s Bruce Smith or 90s Bruce Smith. I say we skip and go to the 2000s and come back to the last pick and pick depending on who we pick afterwards. Gotcha. I'm, I'm okay. on board with that. Yep. So we got QB, wide receiver, tight end, defensive back. 2000s. See, this is where it gets really challenging. Because tight end is bad. EJ Manuel. He's <laughs> 2010s. This is this is where it gets bad. I think 2020s. Uh, we picking Josh. Oh yeah, no, no question. Yeah, he's right. our quarterback. No, we're gonna pick Trent Edwards in the 2000s. Please, let's. let's well, I think we might go swing back for Kelly, but no. Okay, 2010s. I think 2010s. I think we gotta pick D back. Cause like wide receiver, what are we picking Stevie? No tight end. There's really not an option. Well, cornerback. I think we could do Gilmore. I think Trey White's in the conversation. Yeah, Gilmore, Trey White, Hyder Poyer. Even Jerry's Bird had like a he had like an All Pro season, I think, before he went to New Orleans. I yeah, think, oh, this is hard. I don't, I don't know whether to go. I think I think I think we'll go Trey White. Yeah, I think a, I think he has two all pro teams. I think. Yeah, yeah. Even with his injury, I think we we gotta stick with him. All right, so we have the two thousands, and then we have one of the nineties or eighties left, and we have tight end and wide receiver. Tight end is impossible. I'm telling you, it is impossible to pick. I yeah. think. Our best option. I don't even know. I'm gonna butcher this dude. Are you about to thing. say Scott Chandler? No, it's Pete. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta look it up. I'm gonna butcher it, but I gotta look up the Browns Nation. Pete Metzlars is the all-time leader in like everything Bills for tight ends, and he played in the late '80s and '90s. I think we go Pete Metzelars and have Bruce be the 90s Bruce, who was a freaking beast, two-time defensive player of the year. And then 2000s, wide receiver. Got to make sure this guy played before I just expose myself here. Before you blurt it out. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know the pick. Do you have an option, or do you want me to say mine? Um, let me, let me double check. Let me double check right now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm well, doing some research. Really. Changed his name. I mean, I would have to say Eric Moltz. I agree. Okay. All right, Eric team. Molds. That, that's actually that's actually a pretty good team out of a couple drought era players or one. Yeah, no, we only had one drought era player. It got a little challenging, but we we survived. The so tight the end was the team. only challenging spot. Truthfully, yeah, tight end was challenging. So the final team that we have, 
Quarterback, 2020s, Josh Allen. Running back, 1970s, OJ. Wide receiver, 2000s, Eric Moulds. Tight end, Pete Messlars, 80s. Offensive line, 60s, Billy Shaw. Defensive line, 90s, Bruce Smith. And defensive back, 2010s, Trey White. So there you go. Little, little yeah. surprise exercise. That was, that was, honestly, though, that team doesn't sound half bad. I take that right now. I'm going to be honest with you. But we'll have to do more of those. I, I, after we did the draft episode, you're right. I mean, that was kind of – that was cool. I, I got got some downloads too, by the way, so the, the people liked it. So we'll do we'll do some more fa- fantasy drafts for you. But uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the – Bill. Oh, not this edition. This the, the Bills talk for this episode of the Buffalonian podcast. And uh, we're going to roll in the Sabres. But before – I do. I want to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now on to our still staying alive Buffalo Sabres. Somehow. Somehow. I don't I don't know how. Last night was interesting. One in an overtime shootout. Devin Levi put up some numbers. Uh but let's talk about that for a second. Okay, let's let's start out with Devin Levi. We were at the debut against who is who are they playing against when we were there? The Rangers. The Rangers. That's right. And that little teaser into my who's past their prime Hall of Fame later. But we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Devin Levi blew everyone away. Blew everyone away. I'm gonna be like, could not have wanted that to go any better. Marty Baran got taken out of the first game. He started as a Sabres goaltender. Uh, was Ryan Miller ever sent down to Rochester? I think he was close. I think his first two games, um, Ryan Miller had like an 820 save percentage his first two games. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, he did not play very well. No, neither him or Baran did. And Levi did. So I'm not saying that that immediately is like a huge difference between them. Right. Cause it's like football. You can fumble your first touch and then be a Hall of Famer at the end. You never know. but Or you could be fantastic in the beginning and then poop the bed. But um, I think I think we've got a positive look for the future, for sure. Especially him being so young and excited to play here. I mean, the guy literally in an interview goes, let the beast out of the cage. Like, who says that? Like, like that, that's an absolute animal of a human being right there. And I could not be happier that he, he is on he is on our team. And I think, honestly, the goaltending, we've talked about it from the beginning. I remember we talked about it a couple weeks ago before he was, like, here with Evan Harrington when he joined. We were like, ah, leave him. He's going to be here next year. He'll play down in Rochester. And now he's starting in the end of the season push. More like the end of the season with the walker getting towards the playoffs. But what are your what are your general thoughts on the debut, having been there, the Levi chants coming from, and then the Jedi meditation we saw in person? Yeah, I, did, I didn't know he did that, to be completely honest. That was that was no. very very sick routine. Um, look, I mean, he made that one save on Kako where he dove across and he got there in plenty of time. And that my mouth was literally on the floor. You don't want to be on the floor of a keyvink center, but um, I was. No, you were licking up the the peanut shells on the floor. Yeah, I was yeah. licking up the dirt, but <laughs> it was just it was really exciting, and you know, to to win to win in overtime that way, it was kind of unfortunate that it got to overtime just because I thought. But I mean, the Sabres did a really good job the first two periods, and then the third period they kind of did what they normally do and they kind of sat back a little too much. 
and the Rangers really dominated them in the third period. But Levi, I mean, Levi stood strong. He made two huge saves on Panarin in the slot, like one with like two minutes yeah. left in the game and one actually the right in overtime right before Skinner scored. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was he was sensational. I mean, he was sensational against the – I mean, yeah, you have UPL credit. He was very good against the Flyers as well. I think he saved 38 – he had 38 saves. That He played very solid. And then Levi – I mean, Levi gave them a shot to win uh, against the Panthers. I think it's a, it's a frustrating loss, 2-1, to one, you know, We've talked all along that I'd say the number one reason why the Sabres will not be playing in the postseason, uh, I know they have like a 1% chance, but it's a 1% chance, let's be honest, is goaltending. Yeah. And it's frustrating that they actually get good goaltending in a huge game and they just, and they get, they have their chances and they get goalied by Alex Lyon. Like, how? But yeah, I, that was, that was a very frustrating. I, I just think it's, I, but I do, I will say this. Everyone needs to just take a breath and just enjoy the moment with this kid. Exactly. Everyone is kind of like, oh my God, put him in pen for next season. It's like, all right, you can put him in for pencil. Don't put him in pen. Because he he had a rough game last night. I'm not saying it was all his fault. fault. I mean, he had some very unlucky moments. But I would still say the first two goals were, I'm not great to give up. The fifth, I mean, he got lucky with the one going off power. The third goal was an amazing play. The fifth goal, while it was a turnover by Labushkin, um, he didn't make the play better. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you, what, what we say in volleyball, you had to better the ball. If some dude shanks it and you shank it, you didn't better the ball. Like, it, you know, he went out too far and got beat. And then the sixth goal, I mean, he has to come up with that save, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Like, that was, that was savable. Um, I think sometimes you see it with him is that he's so aggressive where sometimes it comes back to bite him. Like you saw with the six goal, he slid so far that he was out of position and not ready for the shot, the slapper to be in the opposite corner. You saw it with the second goal where he slid too far and he got five hold. Um, so, I mean, there's stuff to work on for him. I mean, it, it, it's tough because if you look at his first three games, he has under 900 save percentage. He has an 899 save percentage. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not very good. But then you look at it and be like, well, he had two amazing games and he had one bad game. But at the end of the day, in the bad game, he came up big to help win the game. I mean, he made the two saves in the right. shootout, made the save in the breakaway in the overtime, came up with some nice saves too throughout the way. It wasn't his best night. He got a little unlucky as well. But he came through when the team needed him. To, they got the big save when they needed to get the big save last night. Um, so it's very exciting. Again, I would just say slow down expectations a tad. This isn't a guy that should just be given the reins to be playing 50, 55 games next year. I think they. it is incredibly important that the Sabres have to add a significant piece to goaltending this year. Next year, excuse me. Because it's playoffs yeah. or bust. And you can't go in with Levi, Comrie, and UPL. And if Levi struggles and he's down in Rochester, then we're stuck with Comrie and UPL again. You just can't do that. So I no. think everyone needs to just enjoy these last five games and think about next season a couple months from now. Just just give it a give it a little bit of rest. Just enjoy enjoy what we're watching. Yeah, I uh I agree with you. I think it's more of an off season conversation than anything. Um, let's watch them have fun and win. Um, and maybe if everything crumbles around them and they went out, sneak in, right? Very wishful thinking, of course, but everything crumbles around them. They do still have a 1% chance, but 
someone should probably tell him what happens to Qui-Gon Jinn moments after um, he does that meditation. Uh, that, that might be smart. Um, but what do we call him? Do we call him Obi-Wan Dagoli? Darth Levi, like what, what, what are we calling him? Like what, what's the Jedi name for him? You know, like red and blacks, it's gotta be Darth Levi. I feel like you got, you kind of have to, I don't know. Maybe Obi-Wan like the goalie. It doesn't maybe like pronounce his name. It's like Dev Von Levi. I don't know. Maybe. Where I don't know. That, we'll him. workshop that. Let you us know. Hit the Instagram. Hit the Twitter. So I don't. Hit us on the Instagram and Twitter. Let us know. I think he had he's played well enough these three games where if he plays well the next whatever I mean he should really have the crease. I think he should start three of the next five games in my opinion. Um, if he plays well enough on the stretch and has a good camp, I think he's earned the ability to potentially skip Rochester. But I still think it to me it's I don't want to say I, I don't know it's still like fifty fifty. Like I still think. There's a 50% chance where he's going to be in Rochester to be next year, and there's a 50% chance he's in the NHL. I would say right. before him signing, before him signing, I thought it was going to be like a 10% chance he's in the NHL. Just because I thought, right? If you said before NHL. he signed that he'd play right in the NHL, everyone would have called you crazy. But now yes. I feel like it's not. You're not crazy it's to think that. But it's conceivable, but things have to go the Sabers' way. Like the Sabers have to add another significant goalie piece um, for me to feel right. comfortable. With. Talking about another. If youngster. you put UPL or Comrie to waivers, do you think they'd get claimed? I think UPL would yes. just age wise get claimed. They would both get claimed. Comrie would, well, you I think too? Comrie, Comrie's interesting because Comrie's pretty cheap, so maybe not. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Comrie's cheap, so it might be, but he's also kind of a backup. I don't know. He's interesting. UPL yeah. 100 get claimed by someone. I mean, some team needing a just a depth goalie. He's a guy that you could throw a dart at and see, but yeah, I think he right. gets claimed. So transitioning a little bit. Owen Power. The dude had mm-hmm. just passed the 30 assist threshold, is top two this season in war among rookies. Mm-hmm. And no one talks about him. Like, I'm sorry, like, even we, like, have really, like, I don't remember the last time we, we had a discussion about Owen Power. And, and I, I think honestly, maybe when he started his eight games last season, I think that was the last full on Owen Power oh, okay. discussion. We talked about it for the season, but, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't remember us having a, a serious conversation about him. And he's one of those guys that, you know, we talk about Levi being, oh, should we have high expectations? Like, Power was a guy that had amazingly high expectations going into the season. And, like, yeah. all of us were like, all right, it's eight games. Like, once people get a scouting report on him, like, maybe, you know, he starts to struggle. And, yeah, I would say he's, a, you know, for a little bit of he's a month his there, moments. We Yeah, I would say a little bit for, like, about a, a, a couple of weeks stretch there, we lost him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he hit a little bit of the rookie wall, but now I mean he dominated that game yesterday. Like, yeah, like his hockey IQ is absolutely insane. Just to create space for his teammates and himself. Again, the only thing missing in his game is a, a shot. Like, if he had a good shot, like how dangerous he's going to be. So, I think that's really exciting. Is he is as good as advertised? He is a legit top four D man. And starting next year, if he takes another jump, he could be a legit top parody man yeah no i would i would agree with that i mean a couple guys on this team are missing the shot i think and he's one of them uh the gentleman we're going to talk about next is also one of them hear me out on that in a minute but uh i think owen power is 
fantastic. I, I, I couldn't be happier with the way this season has gone for him and the way that he's established himself in the NHL. You know, it's a dog eat dog world out there and he's, he's shown the hungry dog runs faster. He's, he's big, big man out there. You know, he's doing what he needs to do and helping this team defensively where if you had asked me before the season, I'm like, Oh, Darlene's going to carry the weight. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put anything on Owen power and here he is. I mean, just killing it. And I couldn't be happier with that, but another man I mentioned might be uh, missing his shot, but is, has been playing very well after really, really just like not doing it in the beginning of the season. And my opinion has changed on is Casey Middlestat who his brother won in the frozen four last night, along with Luke Tuck too. So uh, that was very, very interesting, but Mitz, Mitzi, Casey Middlestat looks just like our friend Brecken identical, you know, and I am not opposed to keeping him on the roster. I think honestly, he's developed some trade value for sure. Right. in the way he's been playing, like we could trade him and get something in return for sure. But he's kind of, to me, like, shown he can be a solid third fourth liner center and lead those lines and also be called up to the top lines when someone's down and play well I mean he's just missing that big one-timer I think that's really it and I think Granada's just got to let him know hey you have a shot you just got to take it instead of whiffing 90% of the time but what, what are your thoughts on on our boy Casey I think, Middlestad I think of Casey if you get a shot like people would not trash him as much because he had I mean he puts yeah. himself in a lot of great positions he just can't finish which is really unfortunate but he I think early this season I think a great point has been made that like the Sabres had a lot of people that thought they were top six forwards and yeah. I think Casey Millstadt thought he was one of those guys you know oh I'm I have a lot of I've had a lot of skill going up you know World Juniors playing at Eaton Prairie and all that. I think he's realized in the NHL level that like he can't rely just on his skill. Like he's a below average skater and he doesn't have an elite shot. But like how yeah. can he has a good hockey IQ, good passing skills? And it's like, how can you with you know being very skilled, but maybe a lack of physical tools in the NHL, like how can you make an impact? And we've seen over the last half of the season him giving more of an effort on the walls. Like he's winning more puck battles than he's ever been before. Like usually when mm -hmm. earlier when he got hit pinned to the boards, like, all right, we're losing this puck. This sucks. Now it's like, oh no, Grinnellstat might be behind the puck battle, but he's actually going to come back and win the puck battle and then give us an opportunity to score or give an opportunity to clear his own. So right. one of those guys that I think in my mind is still a third liner. He's still a third line player. But he's one of those guys that if you have an injury to Tate Thompson, if you have an injury to someone, can slide up, play center or wing, and play in the top six for a short amount of time and not be overwhelmed by the moment. So I think he's actually has a lot of value. I actually think, yes, if you trade him, you actually now get a significant, not significant, but you get you actually get an actual piece back, and not just a bag yeah. of chips. But I, bag I of pucks is a lot of people said, yeah. <laughs> I think his most value is with the Sabres because his ability to mm -hmm. both play center and wing play in this high event game and and kind of just keep improving and keep being a solid. I mean, when it's all said and done, be a third liner, but he's also going to play with a lot of elite. It's not like the Sabres are going to not have a lot of talented players on the third line coming up. I mean, Coolidge, Savoy, like they're going to have some guys. Now, do I think when his contract is up, I believe after next year, is he going to ask for too much? Sure. So I think at that point, like maybe 
it's like at the contract he has now, which is under $3 million, like I'd be willing to go up to maybe four. But after that, I'm thinking I'm kind of out. So I think that's yeah. where it will be interesting with him with his contract. But right now, I mean, he's I, I would easily say it's it's hard because like I would say most improved. I mean, you could give it to a lot of people, but I would say most improved would probably be Cousins. But I think most improved yeah. throughout the season from where they started, really, even the first half to second half split, like, I think it's Milstad because he was not, he wasn't an NHL player the first half of the year. No, he was abysmal. Like, just and a now black he's hole. Actually, he's not even just, not even just a useful NHL player. He's a good NHL player now. And yeah. listen, a lot of credit has to go with him because, I mean, we were bashing him. A lot of people in Twitterverse was bashing him. Like, <laughs> the Twitter warriors still coming after Casey Middlestad. What happened in the first half of the year, but I think people are starting to slowly now start to realize, like, hey, man, this dude had 50 points this year. And I'm not the biggest point guy, but, like, him having 40 assists is 40 assists. And, like, I know some of them might be secondary, but, like, the eye test and the and the stats are starting to back up that this dude's playing at a, at a very high level for now him accepting the role he's in of being a third liner, but potentially with injuries and situational uh, play may get, get some, you know, looks at the top line. Yeah. I mean, got to give some love to our boy Casey Middlestad out there as much as, you know, we ourselves on here have Dom even pulled up a graphic. I remember the first half of the season where it's just, everyone's got lines on a graph, you know, production lines that like Casey Middlestad's like nothing. Like we yeah, were going at him hard and good for yeah. Yeah. He's, he's performed and I'm okay. With, I'm more than okay with that. If he's helping the team, stick around man and you're you like he's a locker room guy granado likes him a lot so i think that also yeah. attributes to him staying too like teammate, yeah i think i i don't think now i think a little bit interesting i think middle stats makes this offseason a little bit more troubling fans because it's like all right the 12 forward spots now it's like now that you already kind of kicked out olison it's like who is leaving from that lineup last night and, like, I think maybe in a perfect world, Yost is, like, maybe your 13th. But even him, like, being a fourth-line center is not bad. Uh, a post, though, I think you would want to say would be, you'd want to transition to a, a front office role. And then Gergensen's is, like, the interesting case of it. it to me, it's really 50-50. Like, he's been so good defensively this year, but he's not yeah. good offensively. Like, he doesn't have a two-way game. But somehow he always has double-digit goals. So I think Gergensen's is an interesting case of a 50-50, but... I think you want a spot for Coolidge and Savoy to bet off for one. And then you kind of want a second spot, I would say, just to potentially maybe upgrade off Yost or Gergensen's, maybe a more, you know, guy kind of like middle step, but maybe more defensive mining, if that makes sense. Guy that could be a third liner, but can also come up and play in top six. So I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting conversation between those two. They're so, you know, they're so good in the locker room. Um, it's kind of hard to be like, no, we can't bring him back, but you're just going to get younger at that point. But I think you have to open a spot for one of your young forwards and then maybe have up, try and upgrade off another one. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Is Greenway their move? I mean, Greenway, to his credit, has played very well since coming back from you know the injury that he was dealing with. So maybe a full season of Greenway is, is the upgrade on, on Gergensen's, and then they have two spots for Coolidge and Savoy. I, I just, it's interesting because... Savoy can't go to the AHL and Coolidge can. I think that's going to be the end up the big uh, marker between them is that I don't think another year in the juniors does a lot for Matt Savoy. And 
unfortunately the coolest you could play in the AHL. So I think I don't know. Not I don't want to get too much into offseason talk, but yeah, um, but it, it'll I be interesting what, you're what to do. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, I agree on that. I don't want to push too far into because then we're going to run out of content in the offseason. Then you know the the, the listeners get gypped and we don't want that so we'll we'll hold off on the offseason talk but yeah i think middle stat definitely makes this conversation more interesting the way he like you said ended up performing and whatnot um with gergs and Akposo, and it'll be interesting to see what they do i just i don't know i i genuinely i don't know i think it's going to be more a time will tell situation right like what what adams is thinking because they're kind of cryptic on the way they do things like it's kind of like, like Granado's cryptic, Adams is cryptic. They don't really come out and say exactly what's happening. And uh it's it's interesting, but now yeah. question for so, you. Yes. What do you want to see in the last five games of the Sabres year? Yes. Do you want to you... see them having fun and playing? Like or oh, do you have something else? No, 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 no. This is the last thing before predictions. I'm excited for this. Oh. Oh, okay. I would All say right. for me it's Send like, off you want to see it like last year? I mean, sure. They, I want them to play well, but I, I would say not regarding team success because I don't want to like be like, oh my god, they gotta go yeah. four and one around. I would say send off a post in a nice way because mm-hmm. he's been the captain. He's been very solid. Send off Anderson in a nice way because both those guys are, I think are done. But be you know be respectful of them, and I would say give some of the young guys a shot. Ryan Johnson, a guy that. Now is playing the national championship game, but he could be available to play the last couple of games of the year if they're interested in that. Kind of like what Owen Power did. I think that should be something yeah. the Sabres should look at. I think Yuri Kulich, Isaac Rosine, the guys in the AHL that have worked very hard all year, like maybe reward them with a game or two at the end of the year. I, yeah. I would say I would look at that. Especially now, I don't think they would do that until they're officially officially out, which could actually be Saturday. So until they're officially out, I don't think they're going to give the young guys a shot. But I think once they they're out, I think the last game or two, like get get them all the young guys in. You know, I don't need to see. I, again, I love Yost. I don't need to see Yost if we could potentially see a game of Coolidge. Like I think giving them that experience, like what they did the Levi, I think that's what I want to see. Yeah, no, I'm 100 on board with that. I like the whole Ryan Johnson thing you just described. Give him the own power treatment. Bring him in for the last few games of the season. Because look at how that worked out, right? If they're ready, they're ready. And if you know that they can play in the NHL going into next season, I think that changes the whole ball game of where you put them going into next season. You know, so it's like if if you could get a preview and you know you're not going to really make the playoffs, say that right now with a 1% chance, experiment. Do what you did last season because look at these players now, like Owen Power, that have benefited from that. And the whole team in turn benefits from it. So I say go for it. Truthfully, I, I'm all for that kind of thing. And just like don't play defense for Anderson in his last game. Don't let him have to have 50 saves and, you know, we lose five to four. Like, like, please, please do not let that happen to that man. He's given too much. Okay. He was playing floor hockey with his kid thinking he was done. And then he came back this year. So send him off in a good way. Oposo, you got to, he's been awesome. So a good captain. We're going to speed run this because I know we have like about 10 minutes left. So here we go. No, you could. The games, the games left. They play Saturday home against Carolina. They're at the Rangers Monday, at the Devils Tuesday. Home final game, home game of the year Thursday against Senators. Away in Columbus. I assume we'll do one more pod before the finale. Um, oh yeah, I assume we definitely are. So I would say, 
know, are we doing Wednesday or? Well, let's, let's say just say for now. Say for now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, all right. So th- three games. What's your prediction record wise? I think they go three. You know, I think they hit they hit a hot streak and go. I think going into the end of the season, they're they're hot and they go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think they're going to go two and one. Okay. So, over the course of the last week, Dylan Cousins and Alex Tuck tied with goals of three, and Dylan Cousins tied with points of five. I fortunately each got of us one. got a point. Yeah, which is very tough. I thought one of us was going to get both, but that's tough. Joe, predictions now. I'm going to go um, Tuck and Cousins. Same as this week. I think I think they've been playing pretty consistently, so I think they're going to stick with it. I'm going to go yeah. Tage and Cousins because I think oh. they're going to really push. He's five goal, he needs five goals in five games. It matters if he plays, of course, but I think they're really going to push uh, the envelope for Tage to get to 50. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going right. to do it for the Sabres talk. And now it's time for some Would You Rather, and I got one for you. So I've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso lately, right? Soccer show, Premier League. Could be an interesting podcast one day if we get one started up, you know? But let's let's just talk for a second. Because at one point in the show, they tell this guy, Jamie Tart, right? He's a he's just a cocky player, right? They They tell him, stop being a prick, right? And pass the ball, right? But then he's like forfeiting these huge scoring plays just to pass the ball. So then the signal is then this to be a prick. They give they do this to him and then tell him to score, right? Don't pass. So big game's on the line, right? Big game is on the line. Let's just say soccer terms. You're running down the pitch, right? You're on a breakaway. I don't know what the term for that is. I'm going hockey slash soccer, right? Let's just go hockey. You're on a breakaway down the ice, right? And you think you can make this shot. But you also have, say, let's just say your cousin's skirting down the ice and you got Thompson on your left, right? Thompson's got the one-timer that makes all these shots, right? Do you attempt it yourself or hit the open man to your left to give them an opportunity even when the time's time's clicking down? So would you rather pass or score? That's the question. Well, I'll just put this way. Tate Thompson is significantly better than Would you rather be the team guy? Tate Thompson is significantly okay. better than me. Right. So just I say Thompson. two equal two equal players. Okay. Two equal players? Okay. Oh, I'm shooting. Let me rephrase. Then. Let me rephrase. I'm shooting. Okay. I mean, You're if shooting. it's time starting, time starting down, you can't go without a shot. So, I mean, it, I can pass mm-hmm. it and it gets tipped away and we never get a shot on that. Like, I think you got to shoot it if you have a good shot. Feel confident. Okay. Yeah. As much as I'd like to be a team guy, I feel like if I've got the puck and it's it's game time, I, I got to go for it. I mean, if there's time to make a pass real fast to someone who, you know, needs a confidence boost on the team or whatever, has been in a slump to make the shot, go for it. I mean, whatever. But if the game's on the line and it's a big one, you, you got to shoot, in my opinion. But that's the would you rather. And now I also have the past their prime Hall of Fame for today. So. This is an opponent we faced a little bit ago here as the Buffalo Sabres faced a little bit ago here. Some people want him to come back here. Okay. And Dom, I just want to get your opinion on this because I know you are not necessarily the biggest supporter of it. Had a great career has had a great career. Buffalo native Patrick Kane. Okay. We played him the other day. He was whiffing left and right. He just looked old, looked slow. And they want him to come back from Buffalo. This, again, not 
against anything he's done in his career. He's been fantastic, right? Absolutely fantastic in his career. But, Dom, yes or no to the past is prime Hall of Fame, Patrick Kane. Buffalo native. Yes, 100% yes. What do you think? Um, yeah, yeah. I yes, mean, he had a 90 point 100%. Season. He had a 90 <laughs> point season. Yes. He had a 90 point season last year, but that was overrated. I think everyone thought, uh, no, but I think people are seeing now he's, yeah. uh, he's washed. 100% washed. Just Again, age as, is getting as, to him, as, unfortunately. No, as no as credit to his ability. As I've been saying about Patrick Kane, if uh, he uh, signs the Sabres, it is for off ice. Uh, you know, the jersey and ticket sale he's going to produce. Yeah, d- development, jersey sales. Yeah, no, for sure. Alrighty. I so, uh, That's two votes. We'll have to get Mike's vote next time on Patrick Kane. But yeah, it does have to be unanimous. But no Mike. So I am the trivia guy. Here we go. Bills. When was the last time the what was when was the last year the Bills did not have a Pro Bowler? It's in the two thousands, right? Uh, potentially. Oh nine. Twenty eighteen. So not, oh, okay. not too long. I was, ago. I was, I was nine. I mean, they were. I was nine years year. off. It was not, not too long ago. Not a good year. Okay, so Dylan Cousins last night got his thirtieth goal of the season. Uh, now tied has now. There's now four thirty goal seasons uh, with Cousins, Tage, Tuck, and Skinner. When was the last time the Sabers had four thirty goal scorers in a single season? It's either 05, 06, or 06, 07. I, I got to decide which one. That's the real question. I'm going to go 06, 07. You're correct. Can you name yes. any of the four players? No. No, you don't put me on the spot like that. I, I want to say, I, I'm trying to think back. I wasn't like a big Sabres follower back then because I was only right. Thomas Thomas Vanek, had, Thomas Vanek had 43. Yeah. Thomas Vanek had 43, Chris Drury 37, Jason Pomville 34, Danny Briere 32. Last question. Oh, I could have gotten Pominville and Vanek. Easy. All right, Cook, yeah. last question. Last question. Miscellaneous question. Obviously, the present four is here. So talking a little college hockey. Okay. What college did Alex Tuck play for? What you should know did this. Alex Tuck play for. I should know this. You should know this. Is it the same as his brother? No. No, that's middle stats, brother. The middle stats yeah. all played at Minnesota. Yeah. I should know this. He's from Syracuse. Shoot out a guess and I'll give you a hint. Shoot out a guess. I have no, I have no idea. I don't want to say something. Right, I'll give you a hint. Off the I'll give you a hint. What now X bill is Alex Tuck very close to? Went to the same school. This player is a meme for the Bills. You memed him. Meme? Yeah. I memed him? him? Yes. A certain Bills player that you memed, Alex Tuck and him went to the same college. Who did I meme? Who did I meme? You called out in the combine. So (laughs) it's like five dudes. Matt Hawk? No. 
I, I you you have, you have to spell out college now. I give I give you like the biggest hint possible. You you have you have ten seconds. Who did I name? I have no idea. I can't I can't spit out. Say school. My, say school. I have no idea. I have no I I I'm no. My brain is just imploding right now. The I have person no idea. that I was talking about who is now a New York Giant, Tommy Sweeney. Oh, Tommy Sweeney, okay. and both Alex Tuck went to Boston College. I there should have go. known that. Actually, I think I did. I think honestly, oh, I I heard Tuck been went to Boston College. Before. It has been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's tough. Damn, I forgot I meme Tommy Sweeney. I'm thinking like Matt Hawk, like I could punt farther than him or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of that's where my head went with meme. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Moss on this funky Friday. Dom, you'll probably be hearing this on Saturday. Sorry. Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.